Our reading from Romans today, we've come to the end of Romans after reading through Romans for many months now. Romans chapter 14, 1 to 12, the strong and the weak in faith. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarrelling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another, Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone. None of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said, we're wrapping up Romans today. In our readings, we've come to Romans 14, and I'm just going to read again verses 1 to 3. Accept the one whose faith is weak, without quarrelling over disputable matters. One's, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. I wonder why Paul is getting so wound up about food. It seems trivial. And what does it mean to be a weak Christian or have weak faith? Who's the weak ones? Some Christians in Rome are eating only vegetables and others are eating everything. This matter is so small and so specific that it's hard today today to really understand what their problem and argument was. It seems there was an argument about whether or not Roman Christians should keep Jewish food laws. Christians of Jewish background still felt the need to follow food laws. Could they eat meat 
that was not kosher. If in doubt, should they abstain from meat altogether? Then you have the other group, those Gentile Christians, they eat whatever. And they might look at those Jewish background Christians as the weak group. They don't see things the way you do. Obviously, their faith is so weak, that's what they thought. And the Jewish Christians, what do they think? Well, they're a bit shocked. Don't you take the scriptures seriously? Have a bit of discipline. Some of you Gentile Christians, can you believe it? How can your faith be so weak? So both sides could have been seeing themselves as strong, strong in their convictions, strong in their faith, and viewing the other side as weak. There's a story told about Ruth Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, the famous evangelist. They were getting ready for a big crusade in Europe in the 1970s and Ruth was attending a ladies' luncheon with wives of conservative pastors in Germany. Ruth Graham dressed up for the luncheon as you would expect an American woman in the 1970s to dress. A nice, modest outfit, something with a little colour. She had on some lipstick that she'd chosen well, and a little bit of eyeshadow. She'd stopped by the ladies' room to make sure that everything was just so, and she was pleased as she quickly glanced at herself in the mirror. She looked like a lady. However, the German conservative Christians had other ideas of how women should dress. A married Christian woman with makeup? They were shocked. And such worldly clothing. A German pastor's wife sitting across from Mrs. Ruth Graham was so upset. She thought, It's absolutely shameful that a woman of such a famous evangelist looked so worldly in the way she dressed and the makeup she had on. And that German pastor's wife started crying with tears rolling down her cheeks right into her beer. Meanwhile, Ruth Graham couldn't understand why the woman was crying. Although it bothered her that a self-respecting pastor's wife was drinking beer at a lunch meeting to prepare for an evangelistic crusade. Yes, the things which make you look down on others can be small. But the damage that is done, the division of Christ's body, the way in which it can turn people away from God's love, that can be huge. It's so easy to judge, to compare ourselves with others and think that we are better. We are better than them. Or perhaps we worry that we might be worse than them. This is what Paul was concerned about in Rome. And this is a concern that still confronts the church today. How do we live with one another? Do we receive one another as people for whom Christ died? Do we live in the love of God that has brought us into his kingdom 
and will lead us all to eternal life with him. Romans 14 verse 3 says to one group, Don't look down on them. And says to the other group, Don't judge them. Why? Romans 14.3 says, For God has accepted them. God has welcomed them. We don't choose them, and they don't choose us. God has welcomed them and us into the same family. And Paul says something really important in Romans chapter 14, verse 15. Do not destroy someone for whom Christ died. In a few short verses, Paul has moved from the food on your plate to this. Do not destroy someone for whom Christ died. Paul is showing us that God is bigger than all this. Paul is not saying we should be all wishy-washy with what we believe. Understand God's word. Be informed. Live by your convictions. But in your convictions, honour and worship the Lord. Do not in your convictions honour and worship yourself or serve yourself. There is one Lord and it's not me. There is one God and he is not me. The chairs that we sit on are not judgment seats. It's not our call whether or not to welcome another Christian into the people of God. That's God's call. Our job is to acknowledge the welcome God gives to others, which is the welcome that God gave to you. Christ died for us all. He brings us into his family despite our sin. He brings us all together in the one body of Christ. He brings us all together under his love. In 1306, an artist painted the walls of a church in Italy. It's called the Arena Chapel, built on land that stood next to a Roman arena. And when you enter that chapel, you are surrounded by paintings that tell the story of God. What I want you to consider is what happens when you turn around to leave that chapel. If you were in that chapel and you turned around to leave the chapel you would see that the entire back wall is covered with a picture, a picture of the return of Christ. And there in the centre is Christ, the largest of all the figures, pictured as if he is about to enter into your world. As you walk out of this chapel, the artist reminds you that the world you live in is not your own. Whatever your plans for the day, the artist wants you to see them through the eyes of Jesus, to see your daily life as woven into the way God works in this world, as he has shown it to us in Jesus, so that everything you do, eating or sleeping, working or playing, is powered by the love of Christ for you. Paul says this in our reading today, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, 
we died to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Yes, in baptism God has claimed you as his own. He has joined you to Christ. This Christ has risen and ascended and promises to come again. Until that day when he returns, you are his. Your daily life has been woven into his kingdom. And his loving rule is expressed in the details of your daily life. Paul, like this artist, wants Christians to know that God has woven his loving rule in the details of our daily lives. Yes, that picture that the artist painted on the back of the chapel has Jesus as, as the centre, surrounded by light and about to enter the world. Until that day, however, we go forth as his people. We go out into the world. So that in this case, the artist strategically placed a symbol over the door that leads out of the chapel into the world. So that everyone who leaves that chapel, that church, and enters the world does so only by walking underneath the cross. Here we are invited to live trusting in Christ, to live our lives by faith. Whether you live or whether you die, you are the Lord's. And when you go out into the world, you do so only and always by grace, by God's grace. Your lives are now part of God's loving kingdom. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Or to put it positively, the daily events of your life are moments for you to reveal the forgiving love of Jesus. Amen.